pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on. Enjoy. Draft Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, where we discuss fantasy rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Wasn't reading the notes. Nailed it. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm your host, Kagi. <laughs> <laughs> you are reading the notes now. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I had to from there. No, bummer. No, so I'm, uh, I'm thankfully, Kagi's not here. Uh, I'm your host, <laughs> Harry, and I will be joined by my brother, Nelson. Nelson, Hello. how are you? I'm pretty good. Can't complain. Very good. Short and sharp. <laughs> yeah. So, look, this week, obviously, we've got a big week in the Super Round to review, and then we've got uh, the second inter-trans-Tasman matchups to preview as well. So looking forward to that. But uh, in the meantime, because this just rolls off the tongue so smoothly and uh, it's it's so great listening to how professional we are, can you please like and follow us across whatever platform you're listening on? Please share us with your mates. Get on YouTube watch the video uh just if anything lie as much as you can possibly say and so we know what we're talking about and that this is fantastic and a delight to listen to every week don't mention kagi well let's get it off yeah absolutely yeah so we're gonna push straight into the entree um i know we're we're both busy this week so we want to just get stuck in so we obviously had super round this week to flip through the results, first of all, you had the Chiefs versus the Waratahs, 51 to 27. The Blues beating the Ndrua, 35 to 18. The Hurricanes got over the Reds, 30 to 17. The <clears throat> Highlanders going down to the Brums, oh, yeah. the Brums, 17 to 28. And the Crusaders dusting off the Rebels, 42 to 17, of course. The Force and Moana Pacifica game was delayed, so I don't think they've said when that game's going to be played just yet. No, it's going to be tough. Yeah, but uh, obviously did not happen, so that uh, that would have been surely more Aussie wins. Oh, surely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Chiefs versus Reds, Nelson. You can. This, this is basically the end of your fantasy Chiefs. footy week immediately, right? Chiefs, Chiefs stars. stars. Chiefs yeah. stars. Oh yeah. One minute into fantasy footy for the week and my team was done. So <laughs> Angus Bell being red carded for a tip tackle, which has now been downgraded and they said did not meet the threshold. Mm. People are confused about this, but look, I, I, there is mitigation there in my eyes. So I, I'm okay with the red at the time yeah. because it's clearly a, a mistake in the, the tackle technique, but I can also understand the mitigation. Um, Parecki got injured you know, within that minute as well. So somehow I've still got four points, which is brilliant. And um, and then when they had to bring a forward on, they took off Gamble, who was also on my fantasy team, right? And then we had Roberts, who thankfully wasn't on mine, yellow carded um, in the I don't know, 18th minute or something along those lines. So we were man down for 10 minutes and then we were two men down for another 10 minutes. Um, and mate, this was this was your image, or that you've you've copied, obviously, and put up on socials. Just obviously, who wouldn't? Oh, sorry, you, you might have done it. Yeah. Um, and it's just comparing the tackles on Paisami and on Sam Kane. And Nelson, you want to just quickly talk us through for the people that are on the tube? Yeah. Look, I, I mean, the the clear one here is we're we're looking at Sam Kane landing pretty much in a very similar position. I think less upright, if anything. Just past horizontal. Yeah, just past horizontal, less upright than Paisami, but looks like his arm is up, but not as 
you know, as rigid hitting the ground to, to slow his descent onto the ground. But you can see a number of people connected to him at that point. And then we see Paisami getting tilted at a, at a higher angle. You know, he's definitely tipped further, but has his arm out slightly earlier by the looks of it. And there's no one else impacting that tackle. One gets a red, one gets a yellow. The red gets downgraded after the fact. Look, to be honest, this is both a red card on the field to me was my, my honest opinion rather than both a yellow card. But um, I thought the, the tackle on Paisami, if anything, was worse. Yeah, I think the big thing is I think for a red card, you've got to be chopped on your head, whereas if you land on your arm, it's not meant to be. It's meant to be yellow. But that, that's the funny thing here, right? You're, you're punishing well, both, the player well, based on what the well, attacking player does. I think in both does. of those situations, you can see they don't land on their head. They might end up on their head because yeah. of how they hold themselves. <clears> but neither player is tipped 180 degrees and driven onto his head. Yeah, see, that's the thing that the, the I thought that the was thing, the, the thing for me is the driving down is what the danger is, and that's a red card. If mm. you tip, this it mm. should you know really be a, a yellow. I don't think we can mitigate it because a player puts his arm down and slows himself because yeah, you're you're basically rewarding the player for not trying to look after himself because the guy gets punished more. Yeah. So, which is baffling. So it, it's just a, a confusion here. But look, the takeaway from this one was the task fought really well to get back into the game. The Chiefs just blew them out late. Um, lots of work to do for the Tars. I think they uh, they got our hopes up and then they just fell away. The game was underbalanced. They got, got down by three and then let the game slip. Uh, they, they had the chance to win it there. And Special mention to Gordon, who was a weapon on the weekend. He was. Uh, Blues and Drua. So I think the, the big thing here was that we all expected this to be the biggest scoreline of the weekend, and it was far from it. It was probably one of the closest, uh, obviously, other than the Brums. This was a really good performance from the Andrua. Yeah, look, they came out firing. I think there was, you know, a little bit of a lacklustre start for the Blues a bit as well, but they were caught off guard and, and really surprised by the pace of the game, I think, by the Ndrua. And, you know, we didn't see the combinations we're used to um, for the Ndrua, but they came out and they, they went hard early. Yeah, that's right. You've, you called them the band of misfits, right? Yeah. You had a couple of nines. Uh, I think we talked about this last week. You had yeah. the inside center playing outside. You had the center there, 10, Tenet. 12 playing wing. <laughs> like yeah. it was just all over the shop. But, mate, they, they were very good. So very excited to see how they go next week. But a very good first outing against the New Zealand side for them. I, I think they definitely exceeded expectation. Yeah. The Hurricanes versus the Reds. Now, the story of this one, end score 30 to 17. But after half an hour, the Reds are up 17 points to nil and looking like they're going to put 50 on the Canes. Then I think there was a knockdown from the Hurricanes, one of these suspect knockdowns that because they went one centimetre back instead of one centimetre forward, it's a play on. A clear intentional knockdown. Oh, absolutely. Back, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's it's, it's a knockdown, but it's fine because you knocked down backwards yeah. um, rather than a yellow card to the Hurricanes player and ended up in a try. The, the, confusion, the wind just went out of the sail for the Reds. The, the confusing thing about that for me is we, we want to stop cynical play. And that was a clear cynical play to stop an attacking phase. Yet if someone instinctively re- reaches out, maybe hoping they're going to get the ball, like um, Roberts, we, we card that guy and it's a really different situation. I'm waiting for the play where you have two guys. You have one shoot out of the line and bad. one in behind and the guy yeah. in the front just whacks it backwards. Well, that's this is, I think, a step in that direction. I, I honestly think this was a, a thought-out thing where he's gone and smacked the ball down backwards. And I think we've seen it a couple times through, through rugby across it's the a, world. It's a great play. I'd be going for it. Like it would yeah. be a genuine thing I'd be trying to do. Yeah, 
Anyway, it's, can't uh, be punished. We've, we've complained about yep. the knockdown rule before, so we'll yep. keep pushing on. Well done to the Hurricanes. It just yep. blew them out. I thought so uh, Fraser McWright, unbelievable again. Uh, John Connolly's come out through the week and said that he thinks he has the potential to be Richie McCaw level good through his career. Which That's is huge. But we, we outrageously also, big. We also said McWright could be the world's best seven a couple of years ago, not at the time, but as in he had the ability to get there. Yeah, he's, he's, he's shown a lot of potential. Yeah. But uh, we're looking forward to him playing Sam Kane, but not not to be this week. And uh, the Reds obviously didn't miss James O'Connor's control. Yeah, I think the thing is the the Canes came out the second half and really mixed it up and, and lifted the pace. But I, I think that control for James and that variable variable attack would have been a really good thing for them, mm. taking the ball to the line and just creating a bit more deception. Lawson Crichton in his first game, how do you reckon he went? I thought he was pretty good. He distributed well and just did the basics. They took the pressure off him pretty well, but obviously not as dynamic and didn't have the same fingerprints through the match as what you'd expect from James O'Connor as well. So probably did take away a little bit from their team, but definitely very serviceable for his first game. Let's see some of the wingers get involved next week for Christ's sake. Young Gunn and Vinavala. And I've got two of them. I've got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm with you 100%. All right. Actually, no, I'm not versus, I'm versus Christy, so it's fine. That can happen. That's right. uh, the Highlanders versus the Brumbies, quite clearly our favourite game of the weekend. The Brums got up 28 to 17, first win for the uh, Australian sides over New Zealand. It only took three games. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, we saw finally an Aussie team wins. Come on, guys. It's the third game. Yeah, that's right. Against each other. You have to win all five. Yeah. Other, yeah, all, all five or four that played. Otherwise, yeah. it was always going to be doom and gloom, right? Yeah. But look, Lollis here really took control of this game back into that starting jersey. I think he had a, a really, really good outing for them. One of the best I think he's played mm. in a Brumbies jersey, which is, is good, showing some maturity <laughs> there. Um, just... Yeah, good right around the paddock. And I thought uh, after Tom Wright's horrendous two arm, put, uh, one arm put down that he knocked on, can I just say I reckon there should be a rule if you knock on like that, you shouldn't be picked the next week because it's so obvious that you should put that ball down too. Well, he's, he's done it before. This is the first time he's Is dropped he? it, but he's oh, done yeah. the one hand oh, put heaps down Heaps of people before. do, mate. But if you just go blanket no, rule, boys, if you put it down, un, un, like no, not in a competition. Well, if you're diving for the line, so be it. But no one around, if you don't put the ball down in with two hands, we're dropping you. I reckon that's a great blanket rule. It'll stop it happening. We've seen Rico do it. We've seen a couple of other yeah. players do it in the past. They've never done it again. So if he does it again, then he, he deserves yeah. to be punished. I think one's enough, mate. Punish him. He's in my team, and I think he should be dropped this week, but he's not. You should um, drop him. No, it's all right. Um, <laughs> well, he hasn't been playing that well, to be honest. Anyway, look, I thought uh, really interesting here. The Brumbies again blew out to the big early lead. I think just shocked the Highlanders with the, the quality of the game. And then they just kind of shut up shop. I just thought they started taking three, and they just stopped playing the way that they that they got to the lead that they were in, and the Highlanders kind of came back into the game. They got the job done but it was definitely a lot more close than what I thought it probably needed to be. So I think there's a lesson there for both the Reds and Brums that you've got to keep playing for 80. The New Zealand team is just, they'll come back and they'll get their own shifts of momentum, but you can't go away from your game plan. Yeah, the Highlanders had chances right to the last minute as well. You know, they could have really got themselves back in that game um, late. So the the Brumbies decided they'll take points and and only scored one extra try. And sure, it got them the win, but it could have gone the other way. Yeah. Crusaders, 42, Rebels, 17. 7-3 7-3 at halftime, and the Crusaders blew them away. Now, I heard people give the Rebels a bit of a rap for their performance here. I don't buy it. And I, I saw there was 11 handling errors from the Crusaders in the – sorry, 11 offloads in the first 27 min- minutes from the Crusaders, <clears throat> and I think that made six or seven handling errors. The Crusaders almost scored 
two or three length of the field tries in the first 15 minutes. They were throwing it around. I reckon Razor said to them before this game, boys, go have fun. The Rebels are a solid defensive side at times or more recently, but they don't have many points in them. I want you to have a crack and enjoy yourself and throw the ball around. This probably paints that picture. 753 run metres to 242. Six tackle busts for the Rebels. 39 for the, for the Crusaders, 13 clean line breaks to one. Like, they absolutely demolished them, 18 offloads to three. What was then, the in-handling errors as well? Did we have that on that stat? But, yeah, they, they just so. threw the ball around and had fun. And, yes, they didn't actually pull it off in the first half, which is why the Rebels were close, 7-3. Actual fact, they could have been up 7-9 if they kicked their two kicks to more Mr. Sitter before he got concussed. And then Reese Hodge missed a long-range one as well. And we were kind of going, oh, wow, somehow they've hung in this. But, you know, you I, I, I thought about it. Later on, when I reflected back on the game, yeah, you, you knew no, it was coming. I hate uh, people are going to not be keen with this, but I've said it numerous times now that the Crusaders are individual freaks, but they're missing the gel that's linking them together. And this was Jack a perfect Lefume, example. He's, he's the gel. But How the, good this, was he coming back from his knee? He is good. But this first half was that example. They all try to do it themselves rather than finish off the, the What tries. do they do next week, mate? What happens to us? Do you, do, you, do you bench Jack Goodhue or do you do you give Havili a run again? Like, or, or do you leave him and move Havili? Anyway, we'll come to that. Tough. Uh, look, my dis- my discussion topic is what happened for the Reds. Seventeen 0 up, they lost it. Did the Hurricanes switch on? Did the Reds switch off? Off? What did you think? Uh, look, I, th- I think there was the big thing for me was a, a lift in pace in in this game. So in that second half. The, the Canes came out and played a lot faster and the, it kept the Reds, you know, scrambling a little, little bit more in D. Uh, as soon as things started to go against them, that just, I don't know, the, the cohesion, the thing that we were seeing early on where things just went off and, and went well for, for the Reds fell apart. You know, they to, to begin with, you know, every pass they did was hitting hands, you know, defensively they were looking good. But as soon as that pace was lifted, and we hear it every week, you know, recently, that the, the Kiwi comp is a lot quicker, that, you know, the, the Reds fell apart. Yeah. The, they, the, I, th- I thought they were saying that the Kiwis no. this year have been super heavily contesting the breakdown and it slowed the no, ball down. The Aussies have been throwing it around a lot. I mean, every, everything I've been reading, everything that I've had the impression is that the ball has been getting from the ruck a lot quicker. Right, and, okay. and that was the impression that in this second half, the Canes dictated the pace a lot more. So instead of the Reds being the faster, faster um, play of the ball from the rock and having that control, the Hurricanes really decided to take control of that. And I, I just thought the, the Reds failed to do the basics well. Like they, they only had 35% of territory in the second half. And it did <clears> just show that they, whenever they got the ball, they didn't get a clean exit and get themselves down the field. They made mistakes. They turned the ball over. They put pressure on themselves and they just went away from their basics. And then the pressure started to build. And then I think the Hurricanes lifted. But I think it really was off the back of the Reds taking their foot off the, the accelerator, yeah. a couple of little marginal calls going, going against them. And then they lost their way. I, I really think they lost it rather I than the Hurricanes. Did. But taking I, it from them. The I Hurricanes did excellent. I hate they saying did. that when yeah. they were given the chance. Amazing. But look, I think when you've got Pride in there and that 10 jersey, Stewart filling in, Campbell filling in to all time share that role, you don't have that same connection and link to get to those outside backs. And, and that was something that seemed to be lacking for a lot of this game. And, mm. and Dungunu didn't go looking for it. Vunavalu didn't really go looking for it. Yeah, there was a cross field kick or two. They made all their but breaks through the middle lane. It was yeah. all Harry Wilson, Fraser yeah. McBride, and Hunter Paisami as well. Like yeah. They were just... 
making breaks left, right, and center. Yep. yep. But anyway, so I, I guess we're both saying we thought the Reds kind of lost it, and then once they got a sniff, the Hurricanes just were too good. Yep. Right. All right. Fantasy man of the week, Nels. Fantasy man of the week. It's been a long time coming. Richie Moonga. Uh, with 87 points, he had two assists. It's 68 run meters from his nine runs, two line breaks, four tackle busts. In terms of the notable mentions, where did he get 87 points from? Don't ask me. I looked at it as well. No, <laughs> a, a, I mean, a shit ton of conversions. It was like eight conversions uh, or something, okay. and like right. a few other things like that. Oh, he kicked everything. Yeah, he That's kicked everything. Right. He did. Um, then we had notable mentions to John Lowe with a four hat trick. Tries. Hat trick. Um, four. He had four, mate. Yeah, he definitely had four because why knew he had five last year and they referenced Oh, he was one less, game. so then why knew he? Yeah. Um, 84 points, which means he didn't do much else then, did he? Nothing, but mate, <laughs> he was playing against me. I was so, it was so heartbreaking watching him go. Jordy Barrett, 73. Lester Fang, Anuku, 70. Jake Gordon, 69. Nice. And Pablo Matera, 67. Yeah, Pablo, probably best game of the year. He actually got oh, some definitely. open space. Really, you know, interesting little kick, just some classic Pablo moments as well, yeah. which is pretty cool. The super sub for the week weekend was uh, on debut, Christian Leo Willie, 41 points for the Highlanders. I thought he was a beast. He just, he was all over the field when he came on. He was excellent and really, really impressed me. I, I thought he was, for someone I had no idea who he was, he was yeah. big, quick, he stuck and his, had a big work rate. Stuck his head in and got involved into this game as, as soon as he got on the paddock and made yeah, definitely made a big impact to them. For sure. And Captain Mud, mate, your player, we've already referenced him, Angus Bell, minus 20 points. That, um, that's going to knock him off being best player like he was last year. Oh, but, um, it's ruined his average. It's destroyed his average. Oh, but, no. Um, do I not understand the significance of it that? Is, it is important and really unfair. But, look, it doesn't matter. He'll He's still an absolute He'll beast. He'll lift. <laughs> All, right. All right. So on that note, that wraps up the entree the pre the reviews so let's get on to round 11 we're going to get our second dose of the uh the cross conference games yep so on the friday you got the reds versus the chefs new injuries in this one i think the reds came out with a pretty clean slate but the chiefs had a tenny nano pulled pre-game last week with a hammy injury i think of the warm-up uh, it was close. It might have been warm up, yeah. but it was yeah, it was very close. Um, and returning this week, uh, we have got Lukan Salakai Loto and Siru Uru both on the bench coming back from their injuries. So I think Angus Scott Young shifts into the starting jersey, best out of the twenty three altogether. Yep. Um, I was disappointed to be honest to see LSL out for so many weeks. I thought he would come straight back in considering their young locks, but. I guess they've been doing relatively well, so I can understand as well why those they would ease him in. I, I like to see a lot of that consistency through the the backs for the Reds. I, I know they've had some issues there for sure. Like last week, there wasn't that. I suppose that cohesion that we would like to see and get the ball out wide. But they've injected Fluke onto the left wing. Dungunu goes to the bench, and he's uh, joined by Mac Greeley. So they do have some exciting. And and maybe that, the bench. maybe that uh, change for Fluke is is to Tate's point pro after the game where he said the difference between playing the Kiwis and the Aussies was if we made a mistake against the Aussies we got away with it against the Kiwis they punished us and scored points so Dungunu's made he, he made a lot of mistakes it was the Dungunu of old sadly sadly I think we could be seeing the end of um, Dungunu at the moment in Australian rugby is, is my honest opinion, unless he's willing to, to travel abroad or, or to another club because 
I think, and I don't know, I think he would. Yeah, to be honest. I, I, I think right now he looked like he committed to Queensland and committed to Australian rugby, but he's not fitting into what Thorne wants. And I think it's pretty clear that if he makes these mistakes, he will be punished. He was punished for a number of weeks to get this stuff right. Mm. And it took him two weeks before he's been dropped back out of that starting side. He's 27. He's not young for, uh, I think he's 27. He's about that. Yeah, um, and He's I think, still I think a be dynamic che- weapon. 100%, but I mean, like, he should be mature in the way he plays by now. But, you know, he'd be cheering Drua Sese, as obviously just signed for the Fijian and Drua as well. So at least I there's thought, one com- com- uh, competitor. There's an article that said, oh, because Drua Sese found himself down the, the yeah, ranks. Yeah, it's yeah, like he's, he was living in Fiji, didn't yeah. come back. He never I'm came like, home. Like, of course he was down. He's not in the country. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get picked when you're <laughs> yeah. not in the country. Yeah. Um, in terms of when we're looking at the Chiefs, uh, Tenny Nanosutua, you said, was pulled pregame, but we also got Narrower still out, Sean Stevenson still out. So we've got Tapia still on the left wing. Out of position did, for him. I thought he did well, and I guess it gives them a chance to develop uh, Ramika Pohippi, who well, look, they, Ramika, they, yeah. they, they seem to have some pretty big wraps on as well. Look, Pohippi and um, Tapia are 12s. Mm. Nankerville's seen more as a 13. Yeah. So... I think they wanted to keep one person or one or two people there in the those positions rather than kind of shift them all around and yeah. make a bell on the wing and no one's really in the right position. So it does make sense there. And and the rest of that sort of back line's done really, really well. We've seen um Sam Kane return to New Zealand because he's scared of Mick Wright. Oh sorry, <laughs> um, because he's birth of a child. Um, so that means Bushy has come into that seven jersey as well. It's it's still a formidable back row, but um, not the same with Dow King. Yeah, they're down a lot of players, the chefs. They are on tour, so they could only take, I think, like a 27-man touring squad. So we knew that we weren't going to get Joshua Nery or Lachlan McWannell or anything like that back in this as well. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's interesting to see what they're going to do next week when they're back in NZ if they do shuffle the, the cards a bit more because I, I'd say that's probably their second choice in every single position in the outside backs as well. Yeah, look, I, I'd be speculating Narrower's back. Uh, I'd be speculating, you know, Nana's oh, nothing, mate, other than sheer hope. No, no, but no, I think... no news about his injury whatsoever. No, I don't think it was bad, was it? But we uh, have, we've heard nothing. Yeah, I thought literally we had a minor. nothing. I thought it, yeah, I thought because of that, we would think it was minor, but maybe I not. Think that was just um, hope. Then it was all hope. It probably is hope, but look. <laughs> And um, but yeah, if they can get some of those players back into outside backs, it really adds a lot for them as well. And Yuani back into the squad at some point. What's so where's Yuani at? What's his um, he's close to being returning? Uh, he was a rib injury, yeah. So, so I think it was just like a bruised up rib. So, those are just sore as buggery. So, yep. I think it could be a few weeks, it could be as many as eight or ten if he's got a rib cartilage injury. They didn't give exact detail, but I think the expectation is he's probably a pretty good chance when he comes back. All right, Harry, I got, I got one for you here. You've got to pick a player in this match who you think will go big fantasy wise. I love that we talked about this pre pod and I didn't give it a single thought. Neither when we're did I. About the teams. Neither did I. All right. Um, okay. Well, I'm looking at the uh, the line the lineup for the chefs because I really want to pick a Reds player and look for a weakness. Yeah, basically. Boy, heavy. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good good call, but I just don't think there's many points in the Reds' midfield. No. So I think I'm going to go Tate McDermott. They've got uh, no Sam Kane. Kalen Boshier is probably not the conventional open side flanker. Uh, so I reckon there might be some space for for Tate McDermott just to kind of shoot in around the, the mm. sides of the rucks. Look, I mean, Boshier is 
a flanker. So it doesn't matter which side of the scrum he's on. He'll still be out of cover. It's wily, mate. You need to be. You need to be very switched on. Yeah, the guy. I mean, it's based off nothing from this year, but I want to see Vunivalu go big. Vunivalu is coming up against a player out of position, Quinta Paya. There is some disconnect between the centres and and Pattaya through that, you know, 11, 12, 13 sort of combination there. So I think if the Reds can just have a little bit more, more of that connection another week there, it's, get the ball out. It's an easy one, man. It just depends. How does Lawson Crichton and Hammy Stewart go putting cross kicks up to him? Mate, just kick it to him. <laughs> <laughs> You're banging on a few nice cross kicks. Uh, I'd be thinking it's going to happen. Yeah, fair enough. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and your tip for this one? Man, I'm going to go Reds. Reds are going to win this one. I like it. And the Reds are going to win it by five. Ooh, mate, I think I did almost the exact same thing on my Super Bowl. I went Reds by three. Okay, nice. All right, the other Friday game is the Western Force coming off COVID. So we'll see what their fitness is like versus the Auckland Blues. Yep. We don't have any injuries from the Force, but it's going to be interesting to see the legs that the whole side does have. Um, they do have a few players coming back. Isaac Rodder uh, uh, finds uh, Leila Wasa as well as back. And Tom Robertson, the the prop, uh, finally back from his calf did injury you, as well. You were a little confused there because it was a couple of Isaacs. Yeah, yeah. did it through me a bit. You're like, like oh, maybe I'm Isaac. No, I must be wrong. No one's got Isaac. Uh, look, and in the Blues, uh, Big Source had a concussion. So the team hasn't been named yet, but uh, has it? Yes. Yeah, Kira's back in, isn't he? Caleb Clark's back in as well. Hodgman and Christie in as well. So I take it back. So, yeah. Yeah, Big big Source. Robinson is gone. Big Source gets the rest. The Kira Yuani comes into that six jersey. Uh, No Satutu. Satutu's uh, obviously the whole whole new back row. We've got Yuani, Papali'i and Segna. Segna in the eight jersey replacing Big Source, Choke and Satutu. So some big changes there. Christie comes in for Fanaki. At nine, Heem comes in at 13, giving Yuani a rest. Clark comes back in. Lamb shifts from the left wing to the right wing. Um, Talia moves to the bench. Zan Sullivan to fullback. Heaps of changes. Like, that is bulk change. I think we've got Barrett in the same position, two of us, a Sheck in the same position, and that's it in the backs. Finlay Christie? No, Finlay Christie didn't start. Funaki started last week. Oh, wow. Plus, okay. we've in, in the... And Papaliti started last week, didn't he? No, we didn't. So we've got a whole new front row. <laughs> Hodgman, Eklund, Dornafasi, yeah, right. all new. Romano, new. Darry's there. So we've got Darry, Barrett, and two of us are Sheck. The only three in the same position as last week. Okay, but let's just talk about what everyone wants to talk about. Akira Yohan is back. Yes, boy. Is he straight back into absolute bustling, <sighs> dominating form, or does it take him a little while? To be honest, I think it probably takes him a little while, but if there's a game that he can get himself back into, it's against a non-threatening, and that seems very offensive, but a non-threatening Aussie side. Like, if you're going to go gangbusters, it's probably against the Rebels or the Force or someone like that. There's there's not a huge list of names of, you know, Force players there that are going to be ready to take his head off. You know what I mean? So it, it is probably a game that he can get himself back into and show some of that physical prowess that we know he has. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how much he just runs at uh, Risha and Pasatoa in the kind of you know wider channels, or if they they hide him away a little bit as well. Um, and Isaac finds like 
he's, he's not, he's small a, as well. He's a small boy, not a big defender. Not, he's not a bad bad tackler. Yeah. Tony Pulu, mate, that guy can't tackle. Um, if we get Jake McIntyre out there as well, like Bailey Ponzo, not sold on NBA either. There yeah, is, look, there's there's some there's some question marks I think over the uh, the defense in the Western Force this season, and uh, I guess it might be Akira who exposes them. Ben Clark <laughs> back in as well. Yeah, what what do you think about um, about Rico getting a rest? Heen gets a run at the outside center, Mister Fix It as well. Look, I I, I think. Yuani is probably one of the only people I reckon are pretty much locked in in this All Black squad. I agree. Um, and he's deserved a rest. It's a game you can give him a rest. And, and Heem is Mr. Fix-It. You put him at 11, 12, 13, it doesn't really matter. He's doing his role there. So mm. I'm interested to see how he how he does there off the back of that building Barrett to a Vasashek combination. Um, but, yeah, I think it really comes from the fact Yuani's earned that rest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I like it. All right. Uh, on that note, there, mates. Who are you picking? Who's going big? Hey, we haven't talked about the force. Oh, sorry. So we've got Roberts coming in to replace Lloyd. And yeah. they said prop. We got too excited. That's Don't a win. Don't blame us. That's, that's a win. For that's the a big there. win. Yeah. Rodder coming in for Thrush. That's a win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ollie Callan coming in for Thunder. Old man Thunder. Katu, is this his first game back? Nah, he's he played last week. a couple of weeks ago. He no, played, oh, their last match. Did he? he played the last match. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but he did miss a few games there. We've got finally the Wasa coming back in for prior at nine. But we've got a bracketed Jake Strawn and Jake McIntyre. Don't get confused, Harry, two Jakes. Um, <laughs> at that 15 jersey. So there must be a question mark over Strawn there. Oh, it's just how they're, yeah, how he's coming back from COVID, surely. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the, which the, is their whole team. The one thing I would <laughs> say is that I, I quite like the forward pack. I think yeah. um, it's the, probably their first choice front row. I think it's close to their first choice second row as well. Macaulay could, you know, he's kind of in and around that first choice now. I think, but yeah. you know, maybe not a locked in starter. But then Fergus Lee Warner, Kane Kateka, definitely first choice six seven. It's just Ollie Callan that's in there instead of probably Anstey. I would think who's on the bench anyway. So that's a that's a very good pack for them. I think very they good. play their best footy when they do have their first choice back on I, th- I think that's the interesting thing though are, are you going to beat a kiwi side especially the blues by having a strong set piece a strong forward pack and having you know some real gaps on the wings like i mean be solid in your set piece gaps give on it, the wing we'll get gaps in the backs well just i was about to say solid set piece give the ball to Matteelli. is that the plan yeah 100 <laughs> yeah i hope so he's yeah. 15 runs a game mate for a winger mate, that's all about it that's all they're going to have to be doing. Look, I, I think you're going to see the Blues getting up in his face and shutting him down. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, mate. It's, it's like saying I'm going to shut down Seve Reese. You just can't. Well, I mean, he's been shut down a couple of times this year. No, he hasn't ever, never. <laughs> Only when he's on the bench. Um, look, so I guess the, the big thing is it's just going to be this young back line. Uh, Fine to Leo so not young but inexperienced. Pasatoa and Bailey Kunzul, like that's a... That's a big challenge for those guys. I think that's where we're going to see the game won or lost. Personally, I think the Blues are going to get this one done. Um, yeah. There's just, a, I mean, they've basically rolled out their, the, the bulk of their, their A team here, I think. So I've got the Blues to win by about 17 over in Perth, which I think is re- respectable. I, I think that's close, very close to what I'm thinking. I was thinking somewhere between that 15 to 20. I'll be generous to the force and say 15. Nice. Um, if I have to pick my man that I think is going to go big, it's Caleb Clark. Caleb Clark running at, which wing is he running at? He's running at, he's left wing? Yes. Yeah. 
So he's running out of pool. Tony Pool. So Ken Clark, that boy's going beat. Right, I'm going to go. Um, I just really want to say him that to Ellie because he's mine <laughs> <laughs> so much for no other reason. Why don't mate. you say Alex Masabaka or whatever his name is on the force bench? <laughs> right, okay, thanks. Um, geez, Bodie. Bodie, it's an obvious one, right? He's going to be kicking bucket loads of points. That's what Moanga did last week, right? <laughs> so that's, how I, that's what I'm backing. Yep. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, let's roll into this next matchup. Our next matchup is on Saturday, the Ndrua versus the Highlanders. We have no lineups here at all, so we are going in blind. But in terms it's not of the best way to sell tickets for the Fiji and Ndrua not to no. announce their lineup. <laughs> that is silly. They're complaining about, um, well, I mean, we're in this topic, so let's do it. But they're, they're complaining that only a small portion of the tickets are sold. And, well, I mean, I pointed out to you, you hadn't heard it yet, but there's been discussion about the pricing around the tickets in Suva. Um, so when Fiji have played in Australia and New Zealand, their, their tickets have been between 15 to 25 Australian dollars. And if you're under 14, they've been free. Mm. And it's been in superior stadiums, which is a fair assessment, even though it sounds mean to VG. But this week they're playing in Suva. Not, not to mention, mate, it's a more affluent country. 100%. Like, 100%. 15 but to $25 goes further in Fiji than it does in Australia, plain and simple. For sure. But then if we look at this week, if you want to sit in the stadium, just times that by 10, $150 to $180 to sit in the stands. If you want to sit on the cement embankment, doesn't sound too bad, $75 uncovered, unprotected. You'd assume it's going to be sunny in, in Fiji, you'd hope so. But then if you want to go into the grass uncovered area, this is where the cheaper seats are, $30 on the grass for an adult, 15 for under 12s. So you could have a family of two, three, you know, kids that are seven, nine, five, and you're paying an extra $45 for these kids to turn up in Fiji. In Australia, they all would have been free and it's costing you $30. So it's costing you $75 rather than $15 or $25 at its worst in Australia. It's not a good thing. No, I think they were probably banking on the fact that there would be really high demand to go out and see them. So they, they did say in another article that, uh, the other games that have been played over there in the last few years, the ticket sales were always slow early and they bumped up a lot really late. So I'm hoping they see the same. How I'm not spending 150, 180 to go watch a Super I mean, if you get one game now, two in the year, and it's your inaugural team's season ever, like I can see I would. I probably wouldn't do it four times in the year, but... If that's your one game that you get to see, man, I'd be pretty pumped, to be honest. I wouldn't mind it. I'm only, I'd be going to grass. I also work full-time and own a business, so I guess. Yeah, and we'd be going to grass. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> We're not going to the, the stand. No, 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 100%. No. Yeah. So, so there's a concern there. But, look, uh, in terms of people missing, uh, Darren Alangi, the white shark, we, we limped off the field. We think he had a bit of an ankle injury. Yeah, I mean, notoriously hard to get information out of the Ndrua. <laughs> yeah. Um, or they just don't publish it anyway. So. Yeah. Sounds like he, well, he'd look like he might be in a bit of a bad way. And I think Nangusa back this week or next close. week, actually. Yeah, close, close, maybe one more week. Yeah, I was going to say it would be such an easy sub for them, but I, I might, the other, might the be other, getting out of myself. Yeah, I am. Yeah. The the other potential one is James Lynch's came off with a concussion. We have seen Billy Harmon on the bench 
uh, for the last couple of weeks. He was pretty much the bolt-on starter through his form last year yeah. you know, over Lenches, which is big, um, seeing as the you know Lenches has been a leadership role for for the Highlanders. But um, so Billy Harmon will come in at that seven jersey if we see Lenches missing this week. Yeah. Well, I think it's a week to do it. If he's if he's got any doubts, you just give the guy the week off. You know, the, the travel, the fact that you're playing, you know, Fiji, other things like that. Yes, yeah. the Highlanders need a win, but it's a pretty, it's a tough ask, I think, this week. Well, that was going to be my other question is, like, <laughs> Fiji and Andorra are going to be so up for this game. Yeah. The Highlanders really desperately need the win. Like, it's, <clears throat> if they lose this, it will be the biggest disaster season ever for the Highlanders, I think. Yeah. Or, or, or you know, very close to can they afford to run out a bit of a B team like every other side in New Zealand will against the Indrua, or do you think that they're going to have to just go for it? I think you've got to go for it. To, to be honest, I, I think they need to get some confidence. They need to get a win. I don't think this is going to be an easy win. You, you look at the Indrua last week, who it was their first game against Kiwis, and they went hard with players out of position, guys that haven't been on the paddock. They will grow an extra leg in this one. So I think you have to put a pretty serious side on paper. But as I said, I, I think throw the flights in, throw other things into it. And certain players like Lynches, I'd be given that extra bit of time. Yep. Yep. I agree. So we're expecting a pretty strong side from the <clears throat> Highlanders. Uh, okay. Well, well, from that, mate, I think the other one worth mentioning is uh, I, I did read that Hambossi is expected to be fit. Yep. I'd heard a rumor through the best mate of one of the props yeah this is my sources this is the detail we go to i was there listening to you saying that uh vota not nonsense mate they were very impressed with my knowledge of the uh (laughs) hambossi and vota were both apparently not injured and uh and were just being arrested and and potentially just saved for this week so hambossi they've listed as uh as apparently like potential or likely to play this week so I mean, if that lines up, I hope that means they have Vota as well because he's been, you know, those two have been their most damaging backs and, and probably, yeah. you know, tackle busting, exciting backs. So um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think it was is it Kidioni that was playing fullback last week as well? I thought was excellent. So yeah. geez, they got an exciting back line. I think put them all in the park this week. Vetakani is back in their squad. Yeah, as, is as he well. ready to play? I doubt he's ready to play. But just another name that you can throw in the group. Um, I know you maybe you're trying to and hide Dross that one. You don't want to mention that. No, no, it's just there's a, there's um, a lot of names to be honest. Yeah, Dross Essie, mate, is he able to play this week as well? He should be able to. Yeah, man, they got too many wingers, though. He's not going <laughs> to. <laughs> you can put him anywhere in the, the paddock of Fiji. They so. gave all the nines a run last week, so they can <laughs> yeah. give all the wingers a run this week. Yeah. All right, who, who is your fantasy player in this one? I've got uh, my pick, can't take him. I mean, I'm going to take him, aren't I? It's going to be Hombossi. Oh, nice! That's I've, I've that is a, a very good one. I have got another one. Uh, no, I just lent towards the Highlanders, but that's that's fair. There's going to be some points in the Fiji. Yeah. There are. Mine was Thomas Umanga Jensen because I like it. I he like is. It. He's I mean, just a barnstorming. The only thing I'd say though is if they have Rebovo and Vota, they're two big units, big like, hitters. Yeah. So I mean, Thomas Umanga Jensen's biggest thing is he just gets over the game line. Does he do that against two huge units like that? Look, I I think he seems like quite a intelligent line runner and he, is, he does yeah. have a bit of uh, agility so uh, i think with those two guys they do shoot out of the line and, and he might be able to you know manipulate that a little bit and find some gaps so mm. it'll be it'll be a test for him uh, it's, it's an interesting one coming up to against two machines but there we go i've got i've got one other one for you 
Macaleo. I reckon that he's going to get a start over Coltman this week. Probably. And the rolling mall D, I don't think the Andrua's weakness. They're not there. That's a probably potential weakness there. And they yep. do love a rolling mall behind us. So yeah, I'd bad. be looking for Macaleo early if you can get him. Yep. I got him last week. Yeah, not, not a bad <laughs> shout. Not a bad shout. Um, so how are you picking this one? I'll I'll, I'll go like. I just I kind of want to believe in a fairy tale, but I just don't just don't think I can. So you can't tip the Highlanders to get a win. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think I can tip the the Ndrua. It's not because it's not possible, but I think I'm going to go the Highlanders to to get the win here. And I, I don't think it will be that convincing. Um, I, I'm going to say seven points. I like it. Um, I, I was thinking something similar. I, had, I originally had them down at eight points for the Highlanders to win by, but I reckon it's going to come down to that last play excitement, the fans just losing it on the sideline, having the game of their lives to hold the Highlanders that close, and I had the Highlanders to win by five. Nice. So they're just not going to kick it. Yeah, I guess. It's that thing, right? If it's... Yeah, well, I, I don't think the Highlanders will score last play. I just expected it to be within seven. Okay. And when I was at eight, for some reason, it didn't occur to me that I could jump to seven. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, the Highlanders could be up by four and they kick a penalty to make it. Yeah, but they won't be up for four because they're not going to kick that many penalty goals. They're going to go for tries. It's going to be rolling more, mate. They're kicking to touch rolling more all day. That's how they score their points. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So pushing on, Waratahs versus the Crusaders, the two best teams in the comp. Yep. None of that's true anymore, (laughs) is it? All right. So the Waratahs have got Parecki and Horton. Both can cast. uh, They have... A hooker by Lanu's name to start, and they've got TBC for the other. So I don't know if that means neither are going to be fit or it's just because they just purely don't know if they're going to pass their protocol yet. Um, luckily, they're in Sydney at home, so it gives it makes life a little bit easier. Pick some of them. But, uh, yeah, they, they may just have to ship someone up. I think they've got subs, to be honest. They'll have an There's going to be around. someone in there. I'm just having a quick look. But, look, my Vialanu is... I think he's a serious hooker. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. I saw, um, I saw him play for Gordon against Southern Districts us a few weeks ago. Man, he, he single-handedly stopped our scrum, which is a weapon of ours. He set up a try, scored another. He ran well. He is. Do Souths have weapons? I've seen some of those scores. You got flogged by West Harbour, my my old team back in the let's day. Let's not talk about it, man. We've got about 18 fit people in the entire club now, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're just injured left, right and centre, but that's not what this is about. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we might see one of those other guys come onto the bench um, if they pass second concussion protocols, but watch that space. And Will Harrison, he has done his ACL and MCL and something to his patella, I assume a dislocated kneecap as well. Um, so they're saying 12, 9 to 12 months. I think it sounds like he's going to be in a brace for four to six weeks while this MCL heals up. And then yeah, they'll have right. the ACL recon. And so it's, it's probably 10 to 12 months, I think, if we're looking at a return to, t- to playtime here. Um, the good news is they, they haven't said anything about um, meniscus or anything else, which is the stuff that kind of slows them down the most, to be honest, or PCL as well. So I, I actually don't think he's going to rehab that badly from what they're saying. The kneecap injury, I don't think it's going to make any difference, <clears throat> to be completely honest with you. Um, just so time, fr- really. from what they're saying, well, not even really. Mm. I think I think it'll but be pretty good. good by the time the MCLs heal. Well, that's what I mean. Like it's just going to be part of the time that's eaten up by. Yeah, but you probably you know we know that people go better if they wait six weeks before they go for the op anyway. So yeah. honestly, I I don't think this is going to be too much worse than just a uh, a conventional ACL re- uh, rehab for him. So yeah. I'm expecting him very early next season. But uh, terrible news for him, of course. Yep. Um, the Crusaders, I don't think that we had anything down for them for injuries. I think they got through scot-free. 
Um, and returning, we have uh, obviously Bailanu coming into the starting side, as we said. Is there anyone else? Um, no, not not really. Oh, for, I mean, for the for the Tars, did you mention Rabonny coming in? I haven't yet. No. Eight, eight for for Will Harris, who shifts to the bench for Keddie, returns back into that twelve jersey. Look, I, people have been shitting on Jamie Roberts a little bit. He had a tough day at the office, but obviously he's a very experienced player. Didn't have his, his best outing. I genuinely think he's been really good for the Tars. He has been. for like, what they paid for him. I think they've got was, a lot of value out of him. It wasn't a good game it wasn't, for him. No, it wasn't. But I, I don't think he deserves the beating that some people have, have no. thrown his way. But, um, yeah, he's, he's really he's getting paid peanuts to be here, and he's offering a lot of experience to the guys around him. Peach comes in to the left wing, Newsom shifts to fullback. And finally, James Ram is well, on We've been bench. wondering when he's going to be right, but apparently he only made his club rugby return last week. So yep. sounds like they actually haven't been holding him back. And no. he is a, a, a potential for fullback for them is where they named him pre-season. So yep. I'm thinking he comes on to fullback and they'll probably push Newsom back to wing and take Peach off late in the game. So to me, that works. Look, I, amazingly, Newsom's done well in, at fullback compared to you know, other positions in the past. But look, I think Ram's the man that if, you know, we were talking about if, if Harrison's not there, he's the guy that we want to be in that position. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and then for the Crusaders. The, rest the Crusaders? People are getting arrests. Yeah, well, I mean, Tom Christie, I expect to come back. Well, actually, they're still in New Zealand, so they didn't actually name their, their tour squad. So I assume that means they've actually only got another three or four players as well that they can they can sub into they're the team. Yeah. So I actually don't think they're going to have widespread changes. I, I think Tom Christie's an obvious one. He comes in for one of them. Maybe Blackadder's worth a rest. An outside back gets a rest. Will yeah. Jordan comes back into wing. The, the, it's a fullback wing, sorry. Yeah, you'd think Jordan should get a run up. But, I'm, you know, mind you, they might have left Jordan at home, put David Avili at 15, just so they can give yeah. Jack Woodhue another run as well. Because that's going to be a really interesting dynamic now. I don't think Braden Enor, with the exception of one brilliant game, has been very good this year. Hmm. Jack Goodhue had a blinder straight back after a 12-month knee injury. And David Avili is the All Blacks 12 incumbent. So, I don't know. They, they've got some real questions there. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do. Oh, look, it's it's a tough thing. I, look, Avili is not the All Blacks 12 moving forward. Simple as that for me. Um, I just don't see him there. And not at all, to be fair. But... It, it doesn't mean the Crusaders don't see him there and don't want him there. But I think Jack Goodhue needs the time in 12 and it really sucks for Havili, but I don't, I don't know what the answer is there. I think Havili may <clears throat> become the 23 and the super yeah. sub and then maybe Will Jordan doesn't have to play such huge minutes either. George Bridge might not get as many runs at fullback anymore for the year. I think he'll be just seen as a winger and his minutes will suffer even more. Well, you don't need him. No. Like Honestly, you know, if you've got Havili at Havili, um, Jordan, 23, Fienga, you shift Jordan to a wing. You've got Reese. Yeah. Like, there's so many. Yeah. yeah. That's why here, Bridge, have a chance at 15 because so yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, who's your player, man? Who are you going big for in this one? <sighs> a, a tough one because the Tars are going to tear them up. But, um, oh, this is one that hurts because I know, I know there's going to be a lot of a lot of guys in this Crusader side, but we don't have that lineup there. Look, I'm just going to not go out on the limb, and I'm going to say it's going to probably be uh, one of the wingers. <laughs> it's going to be, let's just say Fanganuku. I think if someone gets arrested, it's more likely to be Reese. I'm going to say Fanganuku. I love it, and I'm going to stick with my formula. Yep. 
I'm going for, I'm just thinking as I go, if I've got anything more interesting to say, I don't. Richie, <laughs> Richie Moonga, back-to-back fantasy Kicking man lots. of the weeks. Nah. Kicking goals, but he's just going to hold the ball a bit more, I think, this week because he's got young Tane Edmund, and I think he's just going to want to show up. He's going to see a bit of an opportunity there just to run at him and run it's around. It's going to really suck for him to get shut down by young Tane. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so too, man. I think so too. Yeah. And on that note, what's your tip? It's, it's going to be the Crusaders, and it's going to be at least a sort of a couple tries. I'm going to be real generous to the Tars, and I'm going to say it's going to be 12 points. Oh, I like it. I went 14. Yeah. I think the Tars can do a lot better. I think everything I think went against them against the Chiefs. I was actually really impressed with large parts of their play. So they can't be that unlucky two weeks in a row. Um, and I think they've got a reasonable bench. Creed is solid enough. Tetra Faulkner's experience. Jack Grant has been playing well. Donaldson and James Ram. I, I actually quite like their bench. <clears throat> yes, it's not as good as the Crusaders, but I don't think that the game should blow away at the end. So, no, yeah, I mean, I'm if, going 14 points. If, if they can man up, hopefully it's not going to be one of those ones that blow out. So, yeah, interesting to see. The Rebels versus Moana Pacifica. Um, they'll be uh, just on a nice edge, just wondering if they're actually going to get to play a game this week, Moana Pacifica, playing in Melbourne. So at least they didn't have to go home. They, got, they didn't make the trip for nothing. They've been holidaying, enjoying the Melbourne coffee probably the nightlife, I would think, as well. Finally, they're allowed to play a game again. What happens here? Does the whole Melbourne Rebel side get COVID? <laughs> oh, mate, please just <laughs> do not wish that upon this. I'm not wishing it, mate. I'm not that, is, that is cruel of you to say. And, I mean, people are going to people, people be pretty upset hearing that. So, I uh, like, turn it off. <laughs> look, this, this is a tough one. So, only, only Matt Ta'amoa missing for the Rebels. We finally get to see Pony for Amal Sili returning on the bench. The Oda shifting to lock. Oh, we're, we're going full full guns blazing for this one. The, the force last week didn't name their side, I'm pretty sure, did they? No. So Rebels have gone out, named it on the Wednesday. I just don't feel like there's those it's not, queries and issues. No, no, there's not. It's no, the mate, game's going on. Oh, I wouldn't be that confident. It happened week after week. <laughs> Pacifica. But, look, I mean, we've got Gordon starting at 10 finally. We've got Omua out. I, I want to see him there getting some game time. Weird Leota at that that um, lock role, still Tamati Yuani on the bench, but we get that dual open side flanker role, which the Rebels have done once or twice throughout the year and, and can work all right with, with Hardwick and Wilkin. I, I think that's just a matter of them just trying to put their best players on the park. Yuani's right on. Rather than, yeah, I don't think he's in their best. He's a fullback, mate. He's been underwhelming since he started, to be honest. Yeah. He was better off the bench. Um, but I think this is just a case of them just putting all their best players on the bench. And on their starting team, they didn't have a lot of depth in that second lock position. So <clears> they're going to give uh, Rob Lieta a go there, which he's done before, never well, in my opinion. I don't, I'm a bit disappointed that he's there, to be honest with you. I think he should be playing six, but nah, they'll give him that chance. Yeah, look, I, I think it, it, you're not wrong. I mean, Josh Hill and other people that have had filling in that lock role really aren't you know, at, at this level with experience. But the, mm. the Brad Wilk and Richard Hardwick has worked to, to a degree in terms of slowing breakdown, securing ball, things like that. So there, there is a positive there, but the, the negative is Leona playing lock. Yeah. Um, good to see Ray Nuu back. Um, Andrew Kellaway clearly not a centre. Don't get me wrong. He's a good footy player. He's not a centre. Yeah. Um, so good to see him back on the wing. Reese Hodge still just going to be... Reese Hodge at fullback, 
kicking the ball, not really running it. So hopefully he, he doesn't kick the ball and keep it in play against Moana Pacifico, Mate, like to run it. Field position's got to be big for the Rebels. You've got yeah, Carter Gordon's huge boot. And then you also have Reese Hodges' huge boot, and Andrew Callaway's got a decent kick on him as well. Like the issue is though, you kick it, you kick it to Pacifica and kick it 20 meters into the stand, mate. They can kick so long. You have to do that. If you don't do that, you're just gonna shoot yourself in the foot because they will just run it back at you. They love to run it back. So yeah. I, I think, I mean, if, if they get the accuracy right there, it'll be a strength for them. But I haven't seen the accuracy from Reese Hodge. I haven't seen the accuracy yet from Carter Gordon. Mm. I mean, I, I we're yes, expecting it makes Carter sense. Gordon to miss touch a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, don't get me wrong, it's just because he's young and inexperienced and maybe wants to chew off too much. But uh, that's a concern for me and, and it will hinge around, you know, if they do that well or not. Yeah, 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 fair enough. And then we should mention as well, Pone for Amal Sili back on the bench. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the other one for me is we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about it, but James Tuttle has quite clearly just lodged Joe Power as their first choice nine. For years, we've liked Tuttle. When he was at the Reds, we liked him. And the NSC, we liked him. He can kick. Mm. He kicks for goal. He's, he's quite a good all-round halfback. Powell, I believe, has been underwhelming. Yeah. I believe... Carroll was a little bit lucky to really get some chances he's had in the past. Don't get me wrong. I think he's not a bad player, but I think I've seen more in Tuttle over his career that I've liked than I have in Powell in terms of what he can offer. And I, I think he's, he's earned his right to be that starting nine at the moment. I don't know. To be honest with you, I, I, I don't completely agree. I think Powell's had a lot of good years, particularly behind the Brahms. And then I thought he was probably one of their most consistent players for the Rebels last year. Um, but look, He's Tuttle, I, I agree. Like, I, I see the upside in Tuttle, but I just haven't seen it from him yet. I'm waiting for him to actually attack the line mm. or show us his boot. I agree with you. He's this well-rounded player. He's not showing it. He's just standing and delivering. And, and I, I think Joe Powell's always had a pretty good passing game, and he's always been very good at getting to the ruck and getting the ball out. That's his biggest strength. Look, so really, I'm, I'm just not sure I'm seeing the, the game from Tuttle that we know he has. I agree with that. It's fair. And, and sadly, the truth is these are both players we've seen do better at other teams. Yeah, you know they haven't really taken a chance at the rebels to to stamp their authority on on this side. Yeah, um, look, Powell, yeah, he was serviceable. That's what he was last year. He passed well. You're a bit rough, man. I think he's better than that, but that's all right. Um, look, and and then on the Moana Pacifica side, we haven't got their name, their team lineup yet, but obviously we're expecting having a week off. They don't know when they're going to get a midweek game. They're going to roll out their A team. Yeah, Tom Tavanoa is my fantasy player. So. Well, mate, he's he's been exceptional. So <laughs> I think I think he will start. You're going to have the uh, lesser Fanger and Nuku. Can I call him that? Team <laughs> no, I can't call him. I thought it was lesser or Lester, you know, like it's confusing. <laughs> yeah, team of Fanger and Nuku on the right yeah. wing. Uh, the lesser Havili at fullback as well. Oh, it's basically yeah. the B Crusaders brothers team. It really <laughs> appears to be. Um, who, who's the 10 for you? Is it Lili Afano? Yeah, 100%. If he's fit, mate, he's the first choice ten. It has to be. Yeah. Arianari seems to have uh, taken Tamatini's uh, yep. as the, the first choice nine as well. Yep. And then Center I Center pairing. Um, geez, that's that's a hard one. I like Danny Tawala and Levi Moore personally. So do I. So yeah, look, uh, Henry Taifu, and he's had a chance to captain them. Is is, is a really good he's player, good. and he's he's really good, but. Uh, I look Tawala maybe is a better finisher if you need if you pick it based on who's going to finish the game yeah. well for you. Um, with, Don't forget you got Cutter as well that you can pick. Yeah, 
Yeah, look, I, that is a good benchy because he can cover wing and yeah. centers as well, so he's a bit more versatile. I, I, he's probably the bench for me, but it, it's it's tough because you still got to fit. Are you fitting two or three of those other guys into the the side? And they're they're an Islander team. They're just all outside backs anyway. <laughs> yeah. Every single player, one to fifteen. Yeah, so, so Kepu, I, Kepu runs like an outside back. Mate. Come on, you used to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So I, and then in the the forwards, I, I guess the name that has been on our the tip of our tongues when we talk about Moana Pacific every single week has been Henry Timis Stowers. Um, we haven't got details of if he'll play or not, but obviously I think just he is just an absolute talisman for them this season. He, he has to play. He hasn't played the last handful of games, has he? No. So we don't, we don't know what's going on. Which is which is really odd. Like the first one, I think it was like, oh, he's getting rested. Um, and then he's just not been named in a couple of the other matches. So um, maybe it was because of midweek games and things like that. He might have got one match in between there, played one of the midweek games. But... Um, surely he's he's back on that rotation to to start in their their main game. So Harry's just seeing if he can figure out any other news on him. But he he has been a true shining light for them. I think he was such a important player that we really liked previously at the at the force. Um, just his work rate was massive, but um, he's really taken a, a leap forward in in all of our eyes. Yeah, uh, for Moana this year. And I think it's also going to be interesting to see what they do at lock. I just they're another. It's the same with Yendroa. I just don't think they've really worked out who their locks are. Yeah. Their, their front row, I think, is a little more settled these days, although they do have a lot of options at hooker, but I just don't think they really know who their super rugby standard locks are. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. So on that note, the Rebels, I think, have, with the exception of the Crusaders, been much better in D and a bit more composed. The Moana Pacifica haven't come up against a side that I would say is probably as a week across 1 to 15, truly, like they just mm. haven't. They've only played Kiwi sides. Um, what, what do you think? Where, how's the form line going to stack up? This is this is a new one for us to try and pick. Where, what's your tip here? Oh, God, I'd honestly love to see a Moana side here. Uh, the, the difficulty is I think if we see the the names that we've been mentioning, Timis Thowers, um uh, you know, Lilia Fano, Sikopi Kepu, people who have missed a couple of games here and there. Uh, we're going to see that leadership that I think we really need to see. And, and Moana could end up taking out and winning this one. I, I do think, you know, there's there's some gaps in that Rebel side, even with the shifts of Leota and things along those lines, um, shifting back into, you know, the lock role when he hasn't been back for for a while. But there is a little bit more stability again with their, their the rest of that sort of backline minus Carter Gordon. So it really is a tough one. Um, both teams here could could take away that win and it might come down to to attitude and, and they've both got something to be hungry about and, and to really fight for. I'm picking, uh, I'll, I'll give you my fantasy player first. I'm going to say James Hansen. I mentioned, who did you say? Tava Tava Nawai. Yeah, can't get wrong with that, can you? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go James Hansen because of the fact that they've got the long boot. Yeah. Moana Pacifica don't have much of a settled second row. Set piece and then Hansen's been scoring some rolling ball tries as well. So I think yeah. he's probably similarly to uh, some of my other picks going to go pretty well. You're going hookers and tens, mate. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I think Tabitha Nawa is a fantastic <laughs> pick. I just don't know if he's going to play. Yeah, it's hard. Um, but I, I think he's a fantastic because if he's on the field, he's just, it's just electric. Yeah. Um, Look, I'll, I'll put you out of your misery because you're not going anywhere. I'm going to go <laughs> Rebels by five points. I just think that the Defense. Moana Pacifica don't have the same 
tackle busting point scoring ability that the Crusaders do that the, yeah. the Rebels just had no answer for. The Rebels are still going to struggle because I think they need to have enough points in them to stop a couple of Moana tries. I wouldn't be surprised if they scored two or three themselves, but I just think they're going to have a bit too much. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. Um, I, I think the, the reason I am leaning towards the Rebels, but again, I, the, the reason... No, no, don't draw it out. Give me a pick. I don't know if I want to go for the Rebels. Well, then pick whoever you think. I'm going to say the Rebels will sneak home by less than three. They're going to kick to, to win. They'll be out by two. Right. Okay. I like it. Very good. And the last game of the week, we got the Brumbies versus the Hurricanes. So, uh, again, I don't think there's any new injuries here, but we do have the return of Tommy Banks from his fractured cheek when he uh, headbutted Tony Pulu. Good old face hole. Yeah. Face hole Banks. Face hole, yeah. I don't know if that's the catchiest nickname I've ever heard. I don't know. You can stick some money in the banks. Um, <laughs> just terrible. Just so terrible. Look for the. I needed some prep time, right? Yeah, you do. Come back to me. Okay, sorry. All right, you think about that. I'm going to go through the lineup. So the Brumbies are basically rolled out the same lineup as last week. Uh, I think the only difference is that you've got Tom Wright back to win, Banks starting. Back to win. That's back pretty to confident. Win. <laughs> Thought I could slip that one through. Thank you. <laughs> no, um, you still got Sefo Kautai starting at tight head because you've got no Alan Alatoa. We still don't have a lot of detail about that, do we? And then Scotty Sia starting over James Slipper again this week. I think uh, you got Lockie Lonigan starting at hooker for our finger on the bench. Look, I, I think that it, we'll discuss in this pre pod. The Brumbies seem to be trying to block their time together rather than giving it, you know, constant changes every single week. It kind of goes, they, they seem to say, Scott, say, you're going to get the next three weeks starting to try and get yourself some form. It means that Slipper can have a little bit of a mini break in the middle of the season where he's not under such a heavy workload and they can kind of freshen him up a little bit. I think it's the same with Caden Neville coming in for Frost. Frost still out of the side. We don't. We haven't heard of any injury for him as well. So I, I think that's the way they're running it at the moment. It, look, it seems to be just a, a slightly different adapted way of, of freshening players up. For, for the final season. I, I think last year, a lot of the Brumbies were fatigued. You know, there was a bit of a discussion and a lot of the Aussie teams were really sort of struggling come, you know, those Kiwi matchups and then throw five heavy matchups in a row and that they were struggling. So the Brumbies definitely seem to be doing it in those blocks. It, it, it seems too much of a coincidence that it's happened like this. Mm. And, and I think there's, you know, it, it's probably a really good technique. You know, you're building some of those combinations. You're not chopping and changing as much. And you're kind of slowly moving these pieces. Um, so I, I think it's not a, not a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you also have Ollie Sapsford coming in on the bench this week who uh, who gets another run, which will be interesting <clears throat> to see how they use him as well. They use him for Simone, mate. Catch it later. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he's an inside centre, but I know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> on the hurricane side of things, You've got Isaiah Walker-Lee-Aware moving back to the bench. They've put Justin Sankster up to start again. And you also got TK Howard. And he started last week. Reed Princep got pulled early or late. Sorry, late. very, very late. TK Howden started the game and played the whole thing. And again, Princep not starting or in the 23 this week. So we assume that means that he actually was injured very late in the warm-up, but we don't have more detail about that. So, yeah, TK Howden actually named early this week. And he had, a, he had a pretty good game for them last week as well. So I think he's, he's uh, quite a positive 
you know, inclusion there for, for them? I mean, they, they're also down. Um, Braden Yosset, Devin Flanders, like these guys are all out, out injured as well. So they, I think he, for a, what, sixth or seventh choice, Lucy is a very good player. Yeah. Um, you also got James O'Reilly still starting at lock. So they still have no Dane Coles from his calf injury. They still have no Asafa Amour. So they're really struggling there with their hooker depth. Um, Garden Bashup starting at 10. No and- love. That much he's is. yeah no he's not meant to be back until next week he's he's been off the tour so I he's there waiting until he gets home I thought I saw a different lineup to that to be fair yeah he oh he he's at home man he's not he's in New Zealand so it's definitely not the case oh, sorry that's what they've got there yep um so ba- Bashup I should say at ten and uh, Rayasi and Sevilla on the wings which means that um was. Hoyson, no, is uh, is out of the twenty three altogether. So, mate, you're you're obviously pretty devastated about that. And Peter Amonga, Jensen, and Balin, Balin Sullivan get a chance to play together for two weeks in a row, trying to build that centre combination. I thought they were pretty good last week, to be honest. Yeah, look, I, I, there's something still missing from Amonga Jensen for, for me. I think we had lots of promise early that I don't think he is back at you know showing some of those things that we saw early on in, in his game. And no, I'm not just getting him confused for his brother. Peter is an all black. So I, I think we need to be seeing a little bit more from him, but there's been a lot of chopping and changing in that centre partnership. So yeah. I think having, you know, some time to, to together there and some consistency will be a good thing for him. Absolutely. One in U10. So keep throwing those spanners around. Yeah. And, man, where, where do they attack it? I mean, the, the Brums rolling more surely with such a, a, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call it haphazard, but such a just a changed forward pack from the Hurricanes. This really is not their first choice forward no. pack in any way, shape, or form. No. Surely that makes it pretty hard to stop the Brumbies rolling ball train that they uh, that they love getting out there. You'd think so, but you do have one Artie Sevilla, and he can just stuff anything he wants. But look, the, the confusing thing for me is um, we look at the, the Brumbies scrum last week, and they won three from five. Pretty poor hmm. with Sio and Kauta and Kautai. And you, you lean there and you go, Kautai, maybe it's him. And then we look the match before that and they had Slipper and Kautai and they won nine from 10. So the, the confusing thing for me really is Sio hmm. was moving a, a bit more around the paddock last week, something we really have missed from his game early on. He, he seemed to be a bit of a runner, but something's missing there in that scrum. And yes, it's, it's hard to go off only five, um, five scrums last week, but it did seem weak throughout, you yeah. know, throughout the match. So, I mean, those sorts of things can reflect in driving mores and other things along that as well. But this this set piece for the Brumbies should be a strength for them. And, and if they can utilise that, they can utilise the boot of white uh, of Lalosia, who was a really controlling force last week, and the big boot of Banks. I, I think the win could be here for the Brumbies. They've just got to be able to shut down that dynamic, you know, the dynamic threats of the Hurricanes. It's going to be interesting because the Hurricanes are the the exact opposite. While the Brums want to play set piece and slow it down until they get some flow in their phase play, the Hurricanes are the team that take quick taps for Adi Sevilla, TJ Perinara, want to speed the game up at every opportunity to just throw the ball out into some break and play to the, you know, Julian Sevilla, Celicia Rayasi, Geordie Barrett, these guys to just cut teams apart when they're tired and disorganised. So it's going to be really a battle of, as you said, who gets the more dominant play, who can 
control the pace of the game the most successfully. And I, I agree. I think that that scrum could be massively telling because it's just so important to the way the Brumbies want to play the game. Yeah. And on that note, I uh, I think I've convinced myself the Hurricanes are going to get it done because of that. But no, I can't do it. I'm going to go oh. the Brums. I can't do it. I'm going the Brums by five points. Yeah, look, I, I think the Brums set piece will be enough for me. I, I think the Canes will just, they can flip it, they flick the switch at any point and score a try or two. But I think all in all, we've seen the Brumbies be able to manage games well. So the Brumbies are going to get it done. It's not going to be by a lot. I can't say five points because that's what you said. So I'm going to say seven points. Okay, nice. Love it. And uh, my my tip for big score this week, I'm going to go Celesi Rayasi just quick hands out to Ray Arcee. And I'm just not convinced that Tom Wright is in as good form as some people say. And Ray Arcee's just a freak of nature. So even if he was, it'd be pretty hard to stop him. Yeah, it's fair. Um, I'm just going to go Artie Sevilla. He's going to carry the boys like he has week in, week out. It's, I mean, I'm not going out on too much of a limb to think he's going to be pretty big for them. So Artie Sevilla to, to carry a forward pack that might be under a bit of pressure. I love it. So both of us are picking Hurricanes players to outscore from these players. Yeah. Cool. All right. Love it. Sure. Yeah, it really backs up where we're tipping the game. I mean, fantasy uh, points is in everything, mate. Yes, it is. Uh, For dessert, desserto. What's a god do with that? Desserto. How are we doing it? Mate, we, we have to air our grievances. Otherwise, it just eats me up through the week. We, we won't spend too much time, but we have, have to. You, have you seen my Twitter account recently? I'm airing my grievances. So am I. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I, I went on Twitter and I asked, <clears throat> I, I basically said, convince me that we don't. We actually need so, to play New Zealand. And I reckon I got more traction on Twitter than I've ever had in my life. Yeah, you did. I stayed away. My takeaway was, number one, <laughs> I love interacting with people even when they have opposing views. And number two, there's no good reason to play them other than the fact that I love watching Kiwis play oh look i mean no one given to me of anything we've we and the more i looked at it and read and i disagreed with them on both sides for different reasons not me that's well mainly you but that's <laughs> that's why i didn't want to get involved because i disagreed with people's reasoning behind most things i have written a humongous post you know you can just keep adding things mm. about 14 15 long i think talking about what i think the issues are and what needs to be changed and Honestly, the big things that came out of it for me were you need to have local derbies and they need to be meaningful local derbies. You see it in the NRL, you see it in AFL, you see it in all these other concerts worldwide that are not struggling to to get attendance and have fan bases. And storylines, storylines for Australian rugby right now are we suck compared to Kiwis. You know, we don't get enough people to games. They're the storylines we're going to continue to get if we're going to continue to face Kiwis. We had two years where we had a local domestic competition where we had a domestic winner and the storyline was the Reds won the comp brilliantly, the Brumbies won it the year before brilliantly. They were the storylines. The rugby is back in Australia. We're getting new fan bases. We're getting bigger numbers. That needs to be the storyline that we push. So I think we need to have a domestic competition. There needs to be an ability to diverse Kiwis. You don't need to diverse every Kiwi team. It just doesn't have to happen, in my opinion. So you yeah. do the Champions the Cup Championship style. Cup style, bring yeah. in Japanese money and Japanese fan base, and every game is meaningful. There's no dud games in that that championship, and it's a win-win for me. And you can have domestic control. You can go, yes, we will add another team in 
the only thing that worries me is if you know you can't play this domestic comp with five teams for the long term, right? You won't. But if we add teams, it weakens our size, and then when we play our Champions Cup style games against the Kiwis, we're going to get pasted. Look, I, but I mean, Kiwis will not keep five teams. The yeah, Kiwi, the Kiwis will probably, if you're talking domestic, ITM you, basically, it's basically ITM or yeah. a reduced, and it's not more ITM. It's not even minor ten. Bunnings now. Bunnings and um, so right. you're probably going to have a condensed version or something like that because that's a little bit stale at the moment as well. But all of a sudden not they to have. <laughs> no, to, to them it is though. All, yeah. all of a sudden they've got ten teams. Yeah. And we pump ours out to six, seven teams plus the Moana and Fiji and Drua. Mm. And our competition is really, really excited and we have control of it. Yeah. The, the, my big point out of it is NRC has been extremely entertaining to watch. Yep. Shoot Shield is extremely entertaining to watch. We don't need, at, at parts, we don't need to have huge talents in every single team. The NRL has bulk of pretty average mercenaries in a lot of teams with just a handful of star players. If we make it a domestic comp and you don't verse the, the Crusaders, no one realises how much better the Crusaders are and people just enjoy the rugby. Yeah. The storyline is what we need and we need to have some domestic games and we need to have a domestic winner. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how the Japanese side <clears throat> stick, uh, stack up if we were playing NRC or kind of a hybrid between our Super Rugby AU and NRC in the um, Bunnings NPC teams. I think the Japan teams would be hard to beat. No, look, I mean, when you look at... People like Isaac, Lucas, getting 12, 12 tackle busts a match. It's probably, um, I yeah. think there's probably some weaknesses there. Yeah, that's true. Look, uh, pushing on, but you still think he's the greatest player in the world. Uh, pushing on, my next one was, my grievance was the Aussie rugby's complete lack of engagement with Super Round. Now, they've known about this for a long time. I know it's been documented that a uh, New Zealand company owns this kind of competition, it wasn't Sansa that did it. They brought all the Kiwis over and paid them to be there. But at least the Kiwis hung around and <clears> hung <throat> out for the weekend in Melbourne and kind of made a weekend of it. The Super Rugby is a grueling competition. The Aussies flew back the same day or the next day. It makes no sense to me. Like, the Waratahs didn't stay around the next day to Do watch we... the women's game, which, look, I understand the reasons about some of the Still changes busy. in, yeah, ch- some of the changes in scheduling, but... I'm sure some of them could have stayed around and got a cheap flight yeah. home. Got a 60 bucks flight home. It's not that far. On top of that, mate, like, go hang around. Watch the other teams. Like, you know, go go hang out at the hotels. Have a few beers with them. Like, Have a beer with the crowd. Like, I just don't get it. Just hang around. Do some interviews. Meet the players. Do some signings. Like, it, I could organise that itinerary for them in an hour if you wanted. Like, one day you do a signing, another day you're going to do, like, a little coaching clinic. Like, it would be so freaking easy yeah. and it, it didn't happen. How festival. terrible it was done by the Aussie teams, I don't understand. I just don't understand if you're some of these players. This is the perfect time to sit and watch footy and have some beers with some fans and just chat footy with people that love footy. Yeah. Like, as if, I mean, that would be the one thing I wanted to do over the weekend yeah. other than play your match. If you play Friday, go Saturday, go Sunday and watch yeah. some footy. Mate, they're just doing recovery <clears throat> as if you can't get your recovery in between yeah. that. Like, far out. Anyway, that was that really wound me up because I think it was just a real waste of a super round across the board, board, but particularly by the Aussie side. The, the one positive out of it was a bit more media pr- prior to it, you know, some Photos from both teams, from both, you know, conferences and things like that combined. But that should be bloody every every year, every week, sharing this sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, it was it was pretty poor and all in all. Yeah, I agree. I like the concept. Uh, mate, and your, your grievance? <clears throat> uh, 
um, which was this one, the the angle of the deflection. No, yeah. this one, the knockdown rule. Oh, far out. So we won't go talk, into talk it because we've talked yeah. about it. Knock, knockdown rule, simple. We, we touched on it a little bit before, but if you cannot pass the ball well enough, the, the Waratahs one. Was this is what you think it should be, right? Yeah. So yeah. the Waratahs one was a shitty flick pass that could have been a decent pass that had no ability to be shut down. It was a shitty flick pass at the back of the hand, and it was an instinctual stop where a player tried to put his hand out and marginally moved his hand. How is that carded when we have someone intentionally smacking the ball down, which is what people are worried about trying to stop? That's okay, and we're allowed to to play on and score a try off it. For me, it's either a knock-on or it's not a knock-on. I think think those two things still need to be ref the same way. Those should have the same call. But yeah. either both are okay or neither's okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it, I, I think realistically, if you do a kick, the ball gets charged down with no attempt to catch the ball. That's a charge down. That's killing an opportunity. And we have accepted that as it's always been okay. Yet someone does a shit pass, yeah, so someone gets a hand to it, and we say it's not okay. I only just realised in rugby league on the weekend, if you charge down a kick, it's a knock-on. No, I don't think it's Yes, right. mate. I watched the game, the Tigers versus... I don't even want to say the whole team, even though I know who it is, but they had a drop goal shot. It got knocked down, charged down, trying to stop the one-point drop goal to win the game, and it was a knock-on. They they call a charge down a knock-on. There's no such thing as a charge down. That seems so, absolutely. I'm telling you that's what the rule is, and yeah. I'm just I'm just saying, like, there's some retarded rules going around, but, but they, far out, that's one of the worst I've ever heard. But they're also okay with knocking the ball down. Yeah, and everyone complains in rugby. We can't let it be a knock-on because everyone will just do it constantly. Well, it doesn't happen in league. Yeah, people aren't just going running down and smacking the ball down because you you're better off. Earlier. You, you just you, you pass a step earlier. You pass it better, or they're going to try and intercept the ball. It's yeah. not it's not beneficial for them to just smack the ball down. They want to score the try. Yeah, why don't they just hand it back to you? It's, yeah, it's just such a dumb ruling that's outdated and we need to move on from. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's as simple as guys. This is a knockdown. Yeah, I, I, I mean. If they, I don't think this is the way, but if they want to be able to go, yes, there's some intentional um, stuff there, then, yeah, I mean, very worst case, maybe it's a penalty. I just do not get a card. I think it's knocked down all the time. I don't think it's a penalty, man. It's a knockdown. I think it's knocked down all the time. I think that's it. Just just, count like a charge down. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100%. It's a knock-on. You just played for the ball. But anyway... That seems like some pretty good grievances. I feel like we've really got it off our chest, so we're going to have a happy week now. I can't go to sleep now. I'm worked up. (laughs) You went to get it off your chest. And no, I'm, I'm just I'm ready to go. Oh, well, you can go home and do some work. All right, that'll that'll do us for the week. Nelson, thank you for being with us. As I said at the the, uh, the top of the pod or the top of the show, please like review. I don't mm. think we've had a a, a Spotify not a Spotify a podcast review in a while. So. Can you be the one person that gets out there and just gives us a, a we'll give big rap? Don't give us an, yeah, we'll give a we'll give a shout out, but don't give us a negative review. If you do, we will not shout you out. Maybe, Actually, yes, we will. Even if no, you no, give us no, a negative no. review, no matter what the review is, we'll shout you out. But we're gonna rate you out of ten for your review for the comment. Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah. So if it's a good review, you're gonna get a good score, and we can have a leaderboard of reviews. We'll review. We will review, review your review. review. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Reviews. Right, leave us a review so we can review your review. No. It's not complex in any way, shape, or form. Hey, All right, see you later.